Hello and welcome to Built on Air, a podcast and video series about all things Airtable. I'm your host, Zoe Vanderplue, and I'd like to thank our sponsor, OpenSide. OpenSide's newest product, Onto Air Forms, is the Airtable Forms solution that you've been looking for. Visit OpenSide.com to see how it can take your Airtable workflow to the next level. For a limited time, get Onto Air Forms free when you purchase the Onto Air Actions Zapier connector. This week, we welcome Robert DeLang, a workflow consultant from Brooklyn, New York. Robert is a polymath whose experiences and interests have spanned the gambit from the arts to data to design, manufacturing, coding, and more. His academic background is in architecture and sculpture, and when he moved to New York City in 2013, he immersed himself in the maker scene there and specialized in digital fabrication collaborations with artists and designers. Then he worked in production management at Roll & Hill, a luxury lighting design and fabrication studio. This drew him into the world of reporting and data analysis, which he continues to explore in his current pursuits. In his own words, he works better in a state of constant frustration. On screen, Robert gives us a peek under the hood of his awesome rock-paper-scissors game that he built in Airtable. His creation is the winner of Airtable's recent formula contest, and Robert illustrates how he leverages Airtable's forms, formulas, and page designer block, plus his own analytical skill and creativity to construct this delightful diversion. He also gives us a sneak peek into his next game building project in Airtable, a base that allows you and your friends to play blackjack. Visit builtonair.com to sign up for the Built on Air mailing list, where you can get weekly updates on new podcast episodes and other fun Airtable things. Enjoy the show. Hey, Robert. Welcome to Built on Air. Thanks so much for being on the show with us today. Hey, Zoe. How's it going? It's good. It's good. What about yourself? Good. Yeah, it's super nice here in Brooklyn. Yeah, you know, um, I'm in North Carolina. It is also a gorgeous day here. I'm ready for spring to officially stay. So you kind of have a a pretty interesting um, career history um, and also some really interesting Airtable projects to show. So I guess let's just start out by, um, you know, you kind of telling us the, the story of Robert. Yeah, so I have a academic history in architecture and sculpture, which is um, kind of completely different than uh, using sheets. But when I moved to Brooklyn, I started a company that did digital fabrication uh, for artists and uh, designers. I ran that for two and a half years until I got a job at a high-end lighting company. Um, there, I like helped them with production management, uh, later inventory. Uh, and like to do all of that, you have to like use lots of like Excel sheets, um, which normally meant like advanced formulas and things like that. Um, later on, um, because of the software we were using, I taught myself SQL and like got more into some intense ways of like parsing through data. But, um, the whole time I was there because it was new, it was, uh, it was a lot of, uh, data cleaning and like uh, a lot of headaches to get everything started. Right, because they just throw everything at you and they're like, hey, make sense of this. And you're like, this yeah. is all garbage. <laughs> Literally, you have access to every like part of the company, every bit of data, but not a single environment is like clean. Like you have all the sales records, you have all the inventory history, you have the purchase orders, um, but there's like typos on everything. And it's just like, 
it's kind of a headache to like figure out like what's actually going on. So I got really good at actually just doing like a bunch of like uh, triggers uh, alerts to tell people like, Oh, you have like a little typo. Did you mean this like other client or like so on and so forth? Uh, and I was able to later on, like kind of like start building stuff out, but it was a, it's an interesting experience. It was kind of um, building tools uh, from like inside the company just so I could kind of like do my roles a little bit better. Right. Yeah. And also, so you wouldn't have to look at everything and manually fix all of the typos. Oh, no, totally. Like uh, when they, when we started, people were doing like their business reports and we uh, download it uh, into an Excel doc and they would do all of the um, pivot tables and all of that. And it would take like two and a half days. Um, by the end, it was like, uh, there's a few SQL reports and you would just have to like load a page. Um, great. Nice. So just, yeah, two and a half days manual to essentially instant reports. Like, but it's kind of amazing because uh, when some of the complicated reports, uh, SQL like takes a little while to like run. So like people would still be like, oh my God, why is it taking so long? And I'm, But like before it took two and a half days, like like now it's taking like two and a half minutes. I know right, that's no, crazy. Go get time. a drink, go to the bathroom, come back. It'll be there. Yeah. Um, so before we kind of continue, right, and sort of bring up, you know, the story of Robert to the present day, I have a couple of questions about um, your digital fabrication business. So did you move to Brooklyn with sort of the intention, you know, your dream of starting that company? And, and what exactly is digital fabrication for artists yeah. and designers? Um, so digital fabrication in my uh I didn't primarily laser cutting, but it also did include 3D printing and CNC. Um, my my like college uh, last year I was there, got a grant uh, to buy a bunch of equipment, and I was part of this um, uh, study to kind of incorporate it into other fields in art. So I'd like go to professors um, who are like working artists, designers, and like actually like work with them to produce like real works that were in galleries. Um, cool. So when I when I moved here, I was like, oh, man, like the digital fabrication world, like that's where to go. Like architecture and sculpture, like they got like their old problems. Uh, uh, it's really like, architecture, you have to be there forever. And like sculpt, uh, sculpture, you have to like build up and get into galleries. And it's really hard. And I just wanted to help people and make things. So uh, originally I was at uh, Hackerspace um, and I was teaching classes and how to like laser cut. And I was like, it was like one hour and you'd be able to like laser cut whatever you wanted. It was like kind of impossible. Cool. Uh, but, uh, cool in theory. <laughs> yeah. But we were able to do stuff and I was able to like, kind of like get used to like, how do you teach a complicated thing a little bit easier. Um, and I got a client who wanted me to use like the, the machines there to um, make some business cards for them. Um, and it just like the machine wasn't accurate enough. So I actually ended up, um, joining with someone and it was actually part of a partnership for a while uh and then the partnership uh like he was doing more uh interactive design it's a cool thing i could talk about but um the uh that's when i like kind of i was renting space and then i had like my own company and just like kept kept on it and like it was like one client uh at the time like instagram was quite new um i know it's kind of weird to say but i was able to like find uh artists and designers on that in the new york area uh, and kind of partner with them to make stuff. Very cool. Yeah. So are you still, do you, like, do you still have all of your machinery? Or are you still uh, get a chance to do the, any of that? The studio I um, was with uh, is like, it's called Brooklyn Research. They're still making a bunch of like amazing stuff. They do interactive design and uh, 
classes. They're a bunch of ITP grads. So like um, basically NYU's like media studies. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've actually moved away from it. Uh, It's um, when uh, like laser, like being on the machines all the time, it's like kind of fun, uh, but it's a lot of hard work uh, and it's really hard to kind of keep up. Uh, so I've moved on a, a little bit there. Uh, right. Yeah. It's, and, and also I can, you kind of seem like the kind of person too, who, you know, is ready for sort of a, a new challenge every couple of years too. So. Oh, no, totally. And I'm sure there's going to be like another thing that um, uh, I kind of also have a design background. So I think uh, I'm never going to really stop making things, but. Right. Uh, yeah. It, it's cool. You kind of bring this like really, I think, you know, unique, perspective right sort of combining the the arts and you know logistics and the physical and data um and so that yeah that kind of seems to be your your niche that you're developing I guess so okay after you um sort of totally overhauled reports at um your high-end lighting company Mm -hmm. where did you go from there initially I was trying to find jobs at big companies doing uh, data analytics. So kind of just like running the SQL, um, but having like more of like a clean, well, what would hopefully be like a cleaner environment and really getting those like um, skills down. But what ended up happening is uh, while I was looking for jobs, I ended up just helping out uh, friends with like small projects. So the friend who um, actually introduced me to Airtable, who like works for as an artist assistant, uh, and she needs to manage all of the production schedule and all of that. Um, but she was used to just doing Google Sheets. So I kind of like told her like how databases work and like how they're like way more powerful uh, and showed her a uh, few tricks. And then I also helped out a podcast and I realized that um, I should just change my title and like go back to freelancing, which is kind of, mm-hmm. it was kind of weird for me at first. Um, I'd done it before, but um doing it a second time always feels different. It's not, not the same. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who like want to start something, but they're afraid of, of, uh, failing or like what it will be like. Um, and if you are doing it your second time, it's kind of like, Oh, you know, what like it would feel like to stop it. It's totally fine. Um, so right now this is a really good fit. I might do something else later. Um, but yeah, it's been great. Right. And at least now if you, you know how to fail better, right. Um, Oh yeah, I know. Totally. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, also, oh, go ahead. Tell us more. Also, failing back then meant uh, like starting a fire or, uh, you know, like having issues, like using, uh, using like laser machinery isn't always super, super clean. Now it just means uh, maybe I like messed up a formula or something. It's fine. Right. Yeah. The stakes are a little bit lower than like multi thousand dollar machines <laughs> and a ton of like uh-huh. physical <laughs> materials. Um, so how did you kind of even start to really develop your, your, you know, kind of data analysis brain? Did you take any kind of, you know, um, you know, like math or programming or computer classes in school, or was this totally like a self-taught thing for you? Um, yeah, it's, it's like partially self-taught. So, um, when I was, um, in school, I was, uh, I was always been pretty good at computers. Um, I have like history, uh, doing like a live sound engineer, e-music, um, uh, also like using, uh, CAD design for architecture and sculpture. So I've always used like digital tools in my experience, but I've never, you know, like taken a class and just like how to code. 
I've uh, taken like history classes for coding, uh, uh, like a Turing class, you know, like theoretical computers. And mm-hmm. I know how to program for the theoretical computers quite well. It's not very helpful. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, the um, I would always, uh, I have like a habit of, uh, I, I call it like chasing the turtles. Like when you're in a Wikipedia article and you like, you read it and then you click all the links that like it's based off of and you just like get into like a little wiki hole. Um, and that's really how I've been able to not like just teach myself like kind of analytical skills, but also just like lots of different platforms and different tools. So not just Airtable, but like just like understanding Dropbox or Square or like, you know, figuring out someone's um, like what their tool is capable of. Um, but I have for a few things uh, like SQL and um, JavaScript kind of, you know, sat down with a book and just like really tried to figure it out. Um, I can. I can definitely say that that's one thing that I would like to work on slightly more. Uh, there's a difference between being able to like hack a problem together versus like compose it. Uh, right now, my Python is like a little rough. Um, gotta like always check to make sure like, is this the language with a semicolon or not? And like, you know, um, but yeah, um, I'd say the analytical part has kind of always uh, been a part of me, but uh, actually understanding how data works you know it just takes a little while yeah yeah but I'm the same way where like I like the best way normally for me to learn is like I'm like here's this thing what can it do let me you know explore and find out um it is Mm -hmm. hard right but you know when you're learning something sort of a little bit more complex and maybe that has you know more like best practices like you know a new programming language or something you know it is best to kind of sit down with something more structured but it's always like the most fun when you're like i have this problem like maybe these tools will solve it let me see kind of how far i can get just by tinkering and googling i I remember when i came across like a uh like a j like linter and like kind of like formatting formatting guides for for code and it's like basically like you've like been writing your whole life and then you're like oh wait there's grammar like like (laughs) i just thought words were like you just smashed them together and tried to say something but like there's like a way to like do it so that people can read it like (laughs) um and that was kind of that was kind of cool when i finally um uh like when you get like more of an experience of like realizing that you like kind of like a, a little humility and like understanding you don't really know much. <laughs> right. You're like, okay, I know enough just to know that I don't know anything. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah. And, and I think um, sort of to that point too, kind of an interesting thing I think about, you know, sort of doing freelancing as, as a workflow consultant, or you mentioned, you know, teaching those laser cutting classes is it's like figuring out how to communicate uh, you know, pretty complex things or things that have a bunch of different options, you know, and value judgment choices to, you know, kind of being able to distill that down to a client so they can make, you know, good decisions without getting bogged down and, you know, all of the things that you need to learn to actually build. So how have you kind of, you know, with your teaching and your, your work, um, how have you kind of improved those kinds of skills? So I think the real big thing is um, when there's different ways in which uh, when someone wants to learn something, it's either because like they're curious um, or because like they're scared or because they like need it. And like you really have to figure out like why they want it first and then like get them to always be curious. Uh, they have to get there no matter what. Uh, if they need something and they're like uh, not really and they just like want to get the right answer, they're not really going to learn. So 
I often try to make it a little bit more playful um, and distill it down to something smaller. Uh, so like laser cutting, uh, it's just about like drawing a line. So getting people to like sketch on paper is really great with markers. Not like talking to like the minutia of how things work. And then also like plan for roadblocks. So teaching people a certain way and that like where they'll fail in a small way and then they can overcome it is really helpful. With, with Airtable, it can be kind of interesting um, to uh, start out really small um, with like clients there. I like basically just do only single line text uh, to start. Just be like, what do you want it to look like? You know, like Airtable is good because you don't really need to sketch it out. But the main thing is, it's kind of odd, but when you teach someone, like, don't let them do it. <laughs> you know, you want to kind of like make them think about like what they're going to do first. Um, that way they're not frustrated when they can't do it right away and mm-hmm. get past it. Right. Yeah. Kind of just, you know, giving people those digestible nuggets, right? So yeah, they yeah. feel, you know, a little bit of that, you know, accomplished dopamine hit, right? And then you have them interested in the, the next thing. A little bit like, yeah, and it's kind of, uh, it's very different than like, uh, kind of like what would be like a sales role with the product. Cause like, in this case, I'm like not necessarily trying to sell it. And it's just like, this is what you like, like, like let's explore and like try to figure it out. Not like these are all the features, like they're going to make your life easy. Um, Cause if you don't know, I mean, it's like, if it's like a hammer or a screwdriver or anything like that, like any kind of tool and you don't know how to use it, it doesn't really matter what the tool can do if you have absolutely no idea how to, um, do anything with it. Right, exactly. And and I think that's that's one of the things kind of where where people get Airtable can be like a little bit intimidating at first because it is such a blank slate and it looks, you know, similar to, you know, Google Sheets or Excel which most people are familiar with, but it's also different and, you know, what is it really? So I, I think sort of being able to see kind of people's projects or even, you know, just sort of a small example of how, you know, that client's data might might look in a structure like this, it really gives people that, you know, aha moment, right? No, um, totally. It's interesting because it's like, it's both like the best thing and like the double-edged sword because like, you're like, oh my God, there's some of the demo videos of like some like larger ones like built out. Like you sometimes think that like they just like did it or like they found like a template. Like that's an idea often uh uh on the community forums you'll get that you'll be like sometimes like what's a good template for like my business and it's like uh if you've started any kind of project you would know that like there's like there's some like good layouts and like maybe like ways of thinking about things but like there's not a it's not like a good way to like do something because if you you explore and you figure out yourself and like it's not only that you might actually even come out with like the exact same thing but if you like created it and you kind of developed each part of it then it like you understand it better right exactly and and it's kind of like you really have to get a little bit I guess philosophical about your your data right because everyone's is different so even though you know a CRM template or whatever might be a good inspiration it's still like for your needs, right, you're going to have to track some things that might be related differently or, you know, have different criteria than just, you know, something straight out of the box. So it really is like, you have to get kind of introspective and, you know, really think about kind of how things relate to each other. And, you know, what would you, how are you using that data? And where does it, you know, need to be able to be seen or edited, which is like kind of fun. And then also it can get like really exhausting at the same time. The interesting thing there is also um, if people are used to Excel or anything like that, um, 
they're more interested in like what is like considered like reports rather than like just like data. Um, and uh, that is actually like one of the first things to kind of overcome um, uh, with like getting people to understand that databases are a list of things um, and that you can do stuff with the things by like the relationship, but like you shouldn't, um, you shouldn't just go into it right away being like, Oh, this is going to be like, um, sometimes you feel like a master calendar, or like a project table and just got, has like too much stuff smashed on it. People would be like, Oh, like, how do I add like another like row and like put some, some, something under it. And like, these are relationships that like break down and it's kind of, it's kind of cool to like, be like, Oh, like what kind of, it's really nice to like be able to see different tables. So like if someone has like contacts, um, like a, a list of people and then they have like a list of like actions they've had with those people and like maybe like there's a calendar table and so on and so forth. Like where it starts to get getting people to think like that can be uh, difficult, but that's where it's like really powerful. Yeah, agreed. And and also just because Airtable, it, it's, you know, the whole sort of idea right behind reports it, from an Excel standpoint. I mean, yeah, certainly you need, you know, something to present externally to someone, but also it's because it's so hard to just get sort of summaries of data or filter data or group data easily in Excel. So that's why you need so many reports. But with Airtable, you know, with the sort of summary bars and the groupings and the views, it's a lot easier to just be able to sort of look at the rows of data and still get those totals or, you know, whatever the granularity you need that, you know, you might have had to spend time generating, you know, in a report if it were in Excel. The pivot tables and like anything like that, or like lookups or all of it is just um, the the problem with something like uh, Google Sheets or Excel is that these are considered like different products or different like domains of knowledge. Um, and although like um, both Excel and Google Sheets can be really powerful and like integrating scripts into it, again, like that's not necessarily accessible to your normal person. And if someone else is doing it and you don't know what it's doing, uh, it can cause you not to like necessarily think about things the best way. You're kind of just going out and seeking. Right, yeah. You don't feel that sort of ownership, right, over this thing that you're kind of, you know, creating and maintaining. Yeah, and trusting numbers um, is like a kind of a interesting thing. I told you before about like uh, all the data being bad and like trying to clean it up. Um, But uh, when like you present those, like you have to convince people that the numbers are like trustworthy. Uh, and if they don't have like a partner in, if they can't just like peek into it, um, it doesn't really work. So I had like written a bunch of SQL. Um, some people might be like familiar with what it looks like, um, but it feels uh, feels like old school code. And like you can't really like, wrap your head around it if you're like used to like seeing stuff on a sheet. Um, right. And it's really easy to have a typo uh, and just like completely mess everything up. Mm-hmm. So you have to like, get used to like checking stuff where... Um, with like light databases, you can kind of just, you, your, your amount of like records is like pretty small and you know, everything you need is right there. Right. Yeah. Definitely more transparency. Um, and, and now actually, I guess like this would be a great time to kind of, you know, we got a little bit heady there and, you know, like super serious, but, um, we can sort of switch gears and you can show us your, uh, Airtable base demo, which is a, rock paper scissors game which is so cool mm-hmm. um and also uh you can go ahead and kind of get set up and share your screen but to give our audience a little intro uh robert submitted this to the uh april Airtable formula contest and it is the winner 
And I have never seen games played on Airtable before, so I'm really excited for you to kind of walk us through it and uh, let us peek under the hood. All right, I can see your screen. Nice, and I got this kind of pulled over to the side. You'll kind of notice anyone uh, who writes anything in Airtable a lot will always have a text editor. Yes, <laughs> it's, <I'll, laughs> it's necessary the... once you start to dig into some some deeper formulas for sure. So this is um, the photo of kind of the base. It looks mostly what you're used to with Airtable, but let me actually just, I'm gonna jump into where it kind of feels a little bit more like uh, magic. Um, so this is a form view where we're kind of used to. Um, I'm just gonna go and open that. Uh, and this is a public form. So anyone can use it and it's pretty simple. You just have uh, your one question form. It's a artificial, it's a feat of, uh, human intelligence versus uh, artificial intelligence. So I get to choose my rock, paper, or scissors. Uh, I'm gonna choose rock, because rocks are stronger, and I think that's gonna make me win. Um, I'm just gonna hit submit. Um, and now it's it's loading up a redirect. Normally this would be used to kind of like show someone a splash page or like get them to do something else. Um, but I'm actually using uh, the, the block shares. Um, and apparently Airtable had the same idea as me. Uh, and we actually ended the tie game. Um, I can always go back and just rematch. Um, and uh, I can spend hours uh, just playing rock, paper, and scissors. And uh, sometimes I'll find that like it just does the exact same thing as me, which probably means that it's just mimicking me uh, and has come to have the exact same conclusions. But sometimes I'll win. Uh, so let's see. Hopefully yeah. I win. I did. Okay. So he uh... wins. Uh, uh, rock, paper covers rock. Um, all right, so let's get into kind of how that works. Um, so I'll just close that real quick and go to Airtable. Um, so um, the main question here is uh, how is uh, Airtable uh, choosing anything? Because um, making a random choice uh, it would be super easy um, if one of the formulas was a RAND function. Uh, Airtable does not have this ability. Um, uh, so I can kind of see here, this is Airtable's choice. It's really tiny though, so I'm just gonna move over to uh, Adam instead. Um, and we got uh, Airtable's move. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go kind of the, the middle out. Um, uh, the main thing we want here is um, what sometimes people will use lots of uh, nested if functions, but a convenient thing to do instead is uh, a switch function. I love the switch function. Yeah. And that's pretty new, right? I think it they came out with it maybe late last year or yeah, I'm not sure, yeah. but yeah, the switch function is cool. Totally, it totally changes. So the main thing that's important about a switch function uh, is you need... Um, different than an if uh, is every single choice must only happen. I can think of it as a switchboard. Every single choice must only happen once. And for everything going into it, there must be an outcome. So if you're trying to like throw some trash at it, um, it's going to break. Uh, so you can't be like, uh, if this person says this or like this, then that's good. But anything else, you, you can't throw it through the switch. Um, but it makes it really easy to just kind of list all of our choices. So here we have um, our first choice, rock, paper, and scissors. That's our like good start for figuring out like 
what the output's going to be. Now we have to figure out like how it's going to choose. The first thing I did was uh, the old arcade machines, um, people might be more familiar with, they always play a random game. Um, but the computers back then weren't like they were just simple circuits. So how did they do it? Um, what normally happened was the, um, the uh, computer would load the screen and then they'd start counting uh, when you click start. Um, they'd often use the milliseconds to figure out. Um, uh, Airtable doesn't uh, store milliseconds in their um, time. That's fine. Uh, so we're going to just use the seconds. It doesn't need to be like too accurate. So right here, we're looking at, uh, sorry, uh, the first thing is there's two random things you can figure out. The created time you get for every record. Um, and you can actually, you can use the created uh, time field, but you can also just use the formula created time, which is a little bit easier because um, then you don't need an, another column. Um, and then we're only going to look at the seconds. So uh, there's a nice sheet if you want to look at date time format to figure out what kind of things you can pull out. But essentially what we're doing is we're taking uh, a date uh, time and we're pulling a string value out of it. So I want to pull a string value out of it for every second. I'm going to put a mod on it. So just like figure out the remainder, divide it by, by three. But if I just try to throw it through the mod, like it throws an error right away. So like what's happening? It's because it's a string. So now I got to convert it back to the value, then put it on the mod. Mm -hmm. um, and then switch will actually, um, it allows for strings or numbers as input. Uh, and we get out like the rock, paper, scissors. Um, if I just did that, um, say I went back to my air table base, let's actually like, Quick add a new one. Um, if I nuance of auto sort is super <laughs> important, and I'll tell you I'll tell you why later. If I just had that, I would be able to tell exactly what Airtable had. So if I like removed this if statement um, and just got rid of this real quick, saved it, uh, you would see that I could see that it's paper, and I'd just be like, Haha, I'm gonna throw a scissors. Uh, <laughs> deal because like it's being hidden in the form view. But I, um, I personally like to make sure that um, I'm not having the ability to cheat. Um, so I'm just going to throw that back on there. Right. Yes. As humans, we need to have integrity. Oh, no, totally. The, <laughs> the, the, the uh, wanting to cheat is so high. Um, <laughs> the created time here is still displayed just to make sure that kind of my air handling is good. But uh, it's not displaying the seconds. So it's a little bit harder to cheat. Um, uh, that's that's great. So now we have Airtable making a decision. Only if I make a decision first, and I'm just using that little like single drop down for that. Um, but I need to figure out who wins. Uh, and this is kind of a weird function. So I'm I am using a lot of if statements. I'll kind of show you how it works here. Um, a big powerful thing in Airtable is that most of the stuff is shown as strings. Um, and the cool thing is you can do string joins. Um, with empty strings. Um, mm -hmm. So instead of having like a huge nested if tree, I could do like, if scissors do this, if paper, then do this, but then I'd have to check for every single one, um, which would just be huge. Um, so I have like a simple way of kind of doing it. So if uh, it's an if statement here, uh, I can kind of get a little bit bigger too. Um, if, air t if human makes a choice, because I don't really care if I don't make a choice, um, then human equals Airtable, um, uh, then tie game. And then I can actually throw this like little new line character in there, which uh, helps a little later. Uh, and then what did I, the human throw? 
ties whatever Airtable through. Uh, and then you just join it. Uh, and then you can keep going. So like if paper and Airtable rock, then like paper rock and so on and so forth. Um, so for each thing, you only need to have the decision uh, once, which is great. I've played around with like some other ways of dealing with it, but this is a pretty good way um, to kind of just get get all of your choices. Um, For sure, and, yeah. Super clean and instead of a ton of nested if statements, right? Much easier to read. Yeah, and there, it's kind of interesting with, uh, with Airtable formulas, there's no um, formatting guidelines. So you can throw new lines on anything. You can like put commas. Uh, I have a kind of my own like idiosyncratic way of formatting things, but the main thing you need to do um, if you're in formulas is have a way for tracking your uh, parentheses. Um, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's huge um, when you miss one because uh, Airtable always just throws the same air, like formula didn't work. And uh, <laughs> it's pretty painful. Um, so that's kind of the ins and outs of how the actual formula is displaying it. But the interesting thing here is that we have an auto sort. Um, and I have a block view. Um, so why, how did I know that it was my decision? That was actually the main one. Let me move this little preview window. Um, so I got this little block view over here and I can make it bigger. Um, and this is simple. It's just looking at all it's doing is just displaying the uh, record um, ID, uh, sorry, the key value. Um, and it's using the game results view. So with uh, if it's full screen, it breaks. Um, it's just a it's a problem with the desktop version. Um, so let me kind of just make that smaller again. Uh, expand the record instead. Um, so let's bring that down. Um, so as long as I keep this sorted, it will always show the first record. So as long as I keep this sorted, um, it will show the last record. So if you're if this table were to get like a lot of action and lots of people were to be choosing at the same time, you wouldn't necessarily get your value. Um, but in this case, um, it, only a few people are trying to like take on your table uh, at a time. So, um, yeah. Very cool. Um, and then uh, still kind of building it up, but uh, there's a rock, paper, scissors, uh, lizard Spock that I've been working on uh, kind of a big bang reference. Um, and I'm trying to, make it a little bit more um, divorced so you can kind of like play around and add whatever emojis you want. But um, yeah. Very cool. I love this. How did you even come up with the idea to like, were you just messing around and you're like, you know what, I want to see if I can do rock, paper, scissors, or how did this, this uh, inspiration come to you? Yeah. Um, so there, the first thing that kind of happened was um, I have a, on the community forums, there's a lot of people asking for, how they can create random IDs for like their inventory and management. Um, uh, the doing like sequential, if you, if you like start enabling your parts, like sequential, there's like two issues. One is uh, anyone who like sees your amount of parts, they can tell how many parts you have. Right. Um, they can also uh, see if it's a new part or an old part by its number. Um, so you might like want to have random ones um, or you might want to put a random value on something for some other reason. Um, and I was like, well, there's no real way to do random. So like, you know, you hook it up to Zapier, you have Zapier, like do rand function, you would like a code snippet or some other kind of way. Um, but that's, that's kind of, one, it's expensive. Um, people got to set stuff up, but also um, it doesn't really show what you can actually do with Airtable. So it was like, there's two things I got. 
I got the time and I got the record ID. Let's figure out, can I do it? Um, and can, what's like the easiest, lightest thing I can do? And I, I often do rock, paper, scissors. I have like a, I have a little Slack bot in my Slack channel that also you can throw a rock, paper, or scissors. And the way that the Slack bots work, it randomly throws an option. Uh, so I can see if I win or not um, anytime uh, if I get bored. Um, and I uh, also like taught Siri how to play rock, paper, scissors, which is like a fun thing to um, kind of toy around with because what I found is often when you're dealing with, uh, when you're dealing with like larger things that are like have practical applications, um, there's a lot of unknown outcomes. But if it's a game, it's really easy to kind of wrap your head around like what should happen or shouldn't happen. So you could imagine um, uh, assigning a uh, task to an individual um, instead for a ticketing system with a random function, but maybe your random function is wrong and like someone never gets tickets. Right. Um, that would be really hard to tell when you have like uh, 26 different people handling it. But if you have like three, uh, you can see what happens incorrectly. So I was actually, I was playing this game for a while and I was like, paper uh, cover scissors. Like it just kept happening. And I was like, paper doesn't cover scissors. Like, <laughs> and I, like I realized that I had a typo um, and I was able to fix it, uh, which is great. Um, and, uh, it's also just fun. Uh, and like, this is, I kind of was also like, oh man, I could maybe do some join tables and do some like cool stuff. And I was like, man, I was like, hold myself to one table, <laughs> figure it out. Um, and yeah, I, I was, I had no idea it would actually work when I started. Uh, and it did. But. Right. Yeah. But it is, it is a cool sort of like thought experiment, like you said, because it is like, the rules of the game are really easy to understand, right? So all you're doing is just checking to make sure that you've, you know, told Airtable what to do correctly, instead of like you mentioned, not totally knowing the rules of the game, like in the case of a ticketing system where you have 50 people, you know, like how, how can you evaluate success or, or not because it's so complex. So this is so cool. Um, and you also mentioned that you're you're working on a blackjack game too, right? Yeah. Let me pull that up real quick. Um, be able to see everything just briefly. But so um, let's just go to uh, start with the magic. Um, so don't mind gallery. Uh, oh, I moved it. So it would be more convenient. Okay. So again, I'm taking advantage of the block feature. Um, page designer is like something that people like kind of always want. There's like this idea of having um, reports um, and uh, it's something I wasn't familiar with as well. So like, I really wanted to like, you know, how could I, how could I use it? So in this case, I, I've kind of gone overboard, um, but I've made this kind of blackjack player. So you have your name of your person, you have whether or not you're standing, and then the name of the play, and then your player name, and then your bet, and then the player hand, and then the dealer hand. Um, this is something that often annoys me, uh, is like when you, uh, naming your fields can be really hard uh, when you're like pulling an emulator, especially um, if you're uh, doing like workflow and you're like using Zapier or something, like accidentally throwing something into the wrong area and then you're like, oh, what happened? Um, yeah. So this would not be uh, what I would consider a good naming scheme. But anyways, uh, we're going to add another record. So right when we add a record, this whole new record view comes up and I have like uh, something I need to do. So it's like, I got to add a player because I can't just like bet 50 if I don't like add a player. Right. Um, it's, it's a high stakes table. It's $50. Um, 
So I have me and I have my dog. And like just for fun, we have a little emoji on it. My win percentage is only 50. He's doing much better than me. Um, so I'm just going to play as him because he's probably got more money. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see now that like the, the bank is up here. Like it's pretty much like classic, uh, like flash screen, um, for like playing cards. Uh, and, um, we'll see it also the center now tells me the next action I need to do. So I need a deal. Um, there is some like kind of nuanced, um, rules in this. So when, Ooh, okay. So I just realized I'm out of cards. So that's actually the most important part. Um, shuffles. So I have this uh, shuffle here and you're like, uh, that's probably the most, um, that's probably the most important part about like playing a, de- a random like game is how do you actually um, shuffle a deck of cards? Right. Um, it's a little tricky. Um, so here, instead of using time, I'm using the record ID. Uh, and you'll see that first here, I have a custom field type and this is just my dictionary. It's like an empty dictionary. Um, something that can be really helpful is when you're, if you're used to like Python or JavaScript or like any coding languages, basically any data scheme is just text. Um, so if you know how that text works, you can kind of do some more advanced stuff in Airtable by, you know, either making a list or making a dictionary or making an object. Um, and you can kind of do some, um, uh, manipulation through that. So right here, I'm just having my dictionary and it's just a string. It's going to go down every single thing. This way, I don't have to refer to it in the formula later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got the shuffle and the shuffle is kind of crazy. Um, so first, I just start scrolling down. There's going to be like an insane amount of substitutes. <laughs> um, uh, that That is me removing all of the dictionary values. Uh, and then you'll see eventually... Uh, that I'm doing this, I'm referring to the dictionary and then I'm using a mid function for the record ID. So the record ID, um, I can pull up, it's probably just hidden right here. No, I didn't have one. Let's just make it real fast. The record ID is the other one that's like random. Um, right, you'll besides the time. Alpha, it's, a, it's not numeric, it's an alpha, numeric, uppercase, lowercase scheme. Um, and what I'm doing is I'm just deciding that in the, the shuffle that basically if you were if you were to make a bunch of stacks of cards and you were to like put a post-it down, so it was like, this is the big A, this is the big B, whatever, just like start putting cards into those piles and then just put all the piles together. Um, and it's not, um, I was trying to do the math to try to figure out like how many like possible shufflings are there. Uh, how random are they? And like, uh, it's a lot. Um, but the amount of like actual card shufflings is such that like, if you shuffle a deck of cards, it's probably never been shuffled in that way. And the like, in not only all of history, but like, if, if like, it was shuffled for every second of like the universe's existence, it would still not be it. Like, I think five times over or something like that. Uh, right. Yeah. Insane. Some it's crazy insane. amount of, yeah. Uniqueness for sure. So I don't need Airtable to really make that many different shufflings. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so then we're using the record ID uh, with the mid, and then we're going to replace the um, record ID and the colon with the the um, the value we're on. So we're at we're at zero three, we're at zero four, and then we're at zero five, and like those are just you know 
um, the first card in the deck, the second card in the deck, the third, and so on and so forth. Um, and then we just, because we're only replacing the value, the dictionary value, and the colon, um, it's actually inserting it to the front of the list and just kind of okay. pushing those other ones over. Um, the issue that we run into is eventually we add a crazy amount of um, commas. <laughs> and we can get rid of it. It's just like to smash, like get rid of the commas over and over and over again. But yeah, and I think it does a, it does a left um, to take off the last comma. So I had to get that count, right? How many characters it would be. When I first did this, I uh, didn't have it be zero one and it like caused a huge issues. Anyways, now we have a, we'll see that there's no cards associated with our shuffle. Um, so this is basically a full deck. Now we need to like kind of like pre-deal out these cards so that we can refer to them later. Um, and for the sake of um, this, I might just, I think I'm just going to break a few things. Maybe, no, I'll, I'll actually do it right. Um, the, I don't want the gallery view. Uh, I don't want the unlinked view. Um, so we'll see all the cards here and they're associated with the bets. So this is where like kind of the back end is. Uh, and each record itself is actually uh, a little card em emoticon, not an emoji. There's uh, like there's like a card, dice, and a chess piece. There's like emoticons back from like the Husky days that haven't existed. So I have uh, uh, 208 cards, and I need to add 52. So 208 plus 52. Oh, one second, 260. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm just going to add 260 cards. I don't need to actually add all of those right now because we're just going to have a short game. So I'm just going to add a few. Um, close that. You notice each time I flip it, there's a card, but it's face down. That's because the um, card hasn't been chosen yet. Um, nice. Fun way to do like a little bit of air handling. Um, right, yeah. And okay. So I just added a few cards. Now I just have to add the shuffle. So this is shuffle number five, and we're just going to copy that. We're going to put it down. Um, in order to do multiple shufflings, uh, the auto numbers in this thing need to like be perfect, can't be touched, um, and it uses mod to kind of like figure out if it's like now the first card in the deck or not. This is actually it's got a few like weird stuff in it to like figure out if it's the top card or not the top card. I don't really care about that. I want to play the game. Um, <laughs> Well, notice it's gone away. It's gone away because I've walked away from the table and uh, I made a way of like clearing it out. Um, so that way you don't have a bunch of like, because um, I need to be able to like clear out this view. Um, all right. So he just lost his money because he walked away. Um, Tolstoy got distracted yeah. by a treat or but, something, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we're going to add to the view and we there's a few new tools that have been added in from Airtable on a, like the recent one is like there's this idea of like auto sort then there's this idea of um kind of uh limited views so i'm using a limit to view uh and because our shuffle has um is all linked to these cards i can tell what the top card is um and i'm only going to deal out the top card um so i'm just going to add a card you'll see that it's face down it's face down not just because it's air handling, but also if it's not linked to a record, it won't show the card. Um, there's some weird things to think about, which are like cyclical errors. Uh, this seems like it's a cyclical error. It's not, uh, which is can be difficult. You get really far and then you're like, oh, wait, this thing's like a snake eating its own tail. Um, so I'm just going to click that. I'm gonna, you can see it's a jack of spades. And 
the dealer has a seven. Um, I need a second card. And you'll see that now I have the option of hitting or not. Um, it's 13. So I'm going to hit. Um, uh, I had to add like these help fields and stuff too, because uh, you can obviously guess the, if you looked at the record ID for this, you can see the value of the card. So if I was adding the card to the dealer, you'd be like, oh, he's got an eight, <laughs> like, which isn't so great. Um, so I got 23. So I busted in the dealer one. Um, so I'm going to play again. Uh, and when I play again, it's auto sorted. So should reload. There. I don't know why it hasn't gone away yet. Um, this should, um, it should go away. Uh, it's supposed to go away when it wins. I'll have to fix the thing, but um, this time I'm gonna bet on my own. Cool. And yeah, it's it's great. It's kind of uh, there's a bunch of like minutia um, in kind of figuring these out. What was the most fun was trying to figure out this kind of like center deal or hit thing because like right. obviously Airtable can't um, uh, figure it out. Um, so like, what what are you gonna like? do to kind of like guide the person to go through it right um, yeah and it's kind of funny the main reason i did this thing wasn't actually it's really great to play blackjack but because you talked about like the idea of like what is your data what is your information um and there's like a common thing when people are talking where like there's a book and a book has many chapters so you like you have like your books and then you have like your chapters linked and then you can like, to the text of the chapter and then your book might have multiple authors, you know? So like you're talking about like your different tables. So like trying to do that same thing and like, like what is the, like what is a game of blackjack? Um, it was like pretty hard. Cause like we have our, we have our deck but we need to have a shuffle. And then each shuffle needs to have like a card and like each then thing needs to have a play. And like, then I had the, the, the players um, because uh, it was the only way to also like keep track of um, betting is to have like at right. least one player. Um, and everyone starts with a thousand. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun to do when you um, when you don't really have a, a, a like a, a a report or something you're trying to create, but like you have like some sort of function. Um, so I think right. Yeah. Good. This is all like you're saying. It's really kind of just understanding, you know, the relation. Like, what are the components of blackjack, right? Like, what might the tables be? Like, what what do I need to kind of get our table to calculate versus what input do I need to get it? And how do I show that to people in a way that you know seems human enough to to prompt them? This is so cool, and it's such like you mentioned. It's such sort of a great way, right, to kind of think creatively about formulas and how to, you know, generate, you know, sort of pseudo randomness, right, within the confines of Airtable. Um, and then also the concept, right, of blackjack or rock, paper, scissors is so easy to understand that, you know, even if you don't totally know what's what's wrong with your formula, right, or how to build something, you can at least really easily, like, see, like, did this do what I want or did it not, you know? Um, yeah, so no, totally. I mean, this is so... This is so creative and cool. I love it. I had like a, I had like a request for someone who had a, a meal plan and they were trying to just figure out like a random schedule for it, like what could happen. And like, you know, um, the way to do it is to always like, um, like have like a, a large list of, uh, of things that were randomized, like go to random.com, get your list, dump it, and then slowly scroll through it. Um, and uh, to like be able to like shuffle things around, like, 
the it's like this is for cards and like that's great but like it's also like you can use it for pretty much anything pretty amazing right yeah it's sort of just this this basis right that you can yeah use to solve all other kinds of problems that you know are more complex the meal plan selection you know the ticketing system things that you know aren't just as as frivolous i guess as a game of blackjack but it's that same sort of you know build uh philosophy underlying it well thank you so much for showing us this and congratulations on uh winning the Airtable formula contest with your rock scissors and before we uh sign off let everyone know um where can they go online to find you or more of your work? So I'm pretty active on the um, Airtable community forums. Um, it's my uh, first and initial, my last name for a user, but you probably come across me. Uh, I'll be posting uh, like a public view for anyone to play rock, paper, scissors on there too. And uh, another good spot is my website. Um, right now it's kind of all of my like digital fabrication stuff but i'm going to be updating it with more of my data analysis uh and airtable and workflow consulting um very cool uh, yeah. uh, and that's uh robertdelang.com cool we'll include that uh in the show notes as well as a link to your uh airtable community account so people can check out all of the cool projects that you've been creating awesome Well, thank you so much, Robert. It was great chatting with you. Um, And we'll be on the lookout for more um, cool, weird Airtable games we can play. Oh, yeah. I think (laughs) Tic-Tac-Toe is is next. Um, (laughs) Nice. Trying to figure that out. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, Robert. All right. Thanks.